0: To this episode of Med Students Over Easy. I'm Andy Little, your game Over Easy host, but I have three great friends with us here today Brian, Menel, and Christy. We're going to be talking about what programs you're looking for in applicants. And before I say anything else to ruin the episode, we're going to kick it over to Menel.
1: This podcast is supposed to help you with what happens to your application after you hit submit, who is looking at it, what weight are they giving to the different parts of your application, and what's jumping out to them. Is it jumping out to them for good reasons or bad reasons?
0: So we have faculty on the show today from three very different programs. Why don't we go around the group and talk about how maybe your department initially evaluates applications?
2: So at UCSD, we get about a thousand applications for our 12 spots, which as you can imagine is a lot of people to try to learn about in the process of the application review. We have a team of five individuals who all look at specifically at every single application. We have a touch on every single application that comes into us. And then we separate them out based upon people that we think would match well with us and who have the qualifications that we are looking for. And those are the people that are chosen for interview. And then of course, those come for interview. We have about 200 interview spots. And then you kind of know the rest from there. I'm so curious how other programs do it though.
3: Yeah, so at Leola, we're... Similar, but but different. So we are a six resident program, but we are in the Chicagoland. So we get about 1200 to 1300 applications for our six spots. We end up interviewing about 100 non Loyola applicants. So we kind of leave a separate day for our Loyola applicants, so that we can ensure that we have spots for all the others. And then we again, we go through the application We adjust our scoring system each year to balance what we were looking with last year, how it changes, it adapts. Each program is going to look for a different thing. We are a newer program. We actually just had our first graduating class this past week. So we still are looking for that. things that look for pioneering, independence. You'll look at each residency's program and look what their mission statement is. We have the values for... You know, giving back and leadership and social justice. So those are things that we'll notice in our applicants. But there's other things in our scoring system that we're looking at. And similar to Christy, we have a small committee of people who review the applications. and you know, We break it up amongst the five to six of us to, who are looking at them and then come together on an overall scoring sheet.
1: Again, similar but different. We have close to 900 interviews that come through. And once you come through our first filter, which is more, they're very wide margins for filters and it doesn't really take out a lot of the applicants, but from there, they're divided up into categories. There's a small faculty committee that looks at each application that comes through And we have a rubric that looks at the application as a whole, just like where are you coming from? What are your ties to our institution at Doctors Hospital? You know, what are your leadership roles, research roles? And they're kind of given just a a weight that we feel would reflect similar outcomes from our program. And then we decide if we want to interview them or not based on that. And then from there, if we have selected for interview or even just want to have somebody else take a look a second look at this application, they it goes on to our APD and PD to review. And then from there, the list is made for who should be on the list for interviews and who shouldn't. We submit a list to the applicants. And then from there, if they accept or decline, we kind of go through it as a wait list. We did used to do end of rotation interviews just to try to make it because it used to be that the students would come from out of town or something like that. And We've gotten away from that just with COVID. So we're doing it more still virtually, even if they've done an audition in the interview season prior to that. So that's our application process at Doctors.
2: So that raises actually two really interesting questions. The first question I have is, there are different ways that each program handles medical students who are rotating at that institution and when they interview them. And then the second question that I have is, some institutions will give all of their interview dates out at exact same time, and everyone can expect that that is the day that you will receive an invitation for an interview, and others have a rolling interview process. So tell me more about how your, your institutions do that.
1: So we have a set list of the dates that we're going to interview, but as soon as the, the, the application makes it through those hurdles, we'll send out an application invite. We believe that we have a lot of open spots for interviews, and so it's never usually a matter of losing a spot from our perspective, just because we do have a pretty open schedule for how many dates and how many slots that we have each time. So ours is more on a rolling basis, but I know that's not true for everyone. But I usually tell my students that because there is such a mix, like you shouldn't freak out that you don't get interviews the day after you submit your ERAS because it generally takes about a week or two to go through all these applications. And some places are probably a bit more streamlined than others. And so that initial interview contact date might be different depending on the program's process.
3: That's actually a really great point, which is, So a lot of programs won't even touch the application review process in emergency medicine until after your dean's letter, it comes out. It's like we don't start our application review until the first week of October. This year with ASAP, I imagine that it might not actually be until October 5th, given that ASAP is the first and fourth. Um, And then when it's released, is going to vary so much from program to program. So let we take part in the, even though we're not a county program, there's like a county universal release date that we tie our release date into. So we'll set, submit our offers on the same day that all the county programs have agreed to. We really like the, this universal release date and trying to push towards that and all of the specialty. So it's one of those where you'll get noticed on this day. And I think it's been announced yet what day it'll be this year and then the actual sign up isn't the day you get the invite it's the next day so that way you don't have to panic that you're on shift or on a rotation and checking your email and you're like oh i have to step away from rounds to immediately go sign up you know already when the next day when sign up is and we kind of have a hybrid of releasing them all and rolling so given that release date and knowing that, you know, some of those offers on that first week aren't going to be taken because some people might get 20, 25 interview offers on that first week. So we already anticipate that there's going to be more offers that we extend in the next week or two afterwards. And we, we actually pre-plan our invite list accordingly.
2: Here at UCSD, what we do is a very rolling process. Some of the institutions in California, namely the county programs, like you mentioned, Brian, will all release on the same date. Now. While we like to say that we are the county program in San Diego, there is no county program in San Diego because a county hospital doesn't exist. So we're the county place with the academic feel and all the resources available. And we do not have a specific date. And I agree with you that this year it might be a little bit later because of ASAP and just all of the activities that are involved in that first week in October. And we also will do many rolling interview invitations and I have to say, it's kind of fun to go to San Diego or to be in San Diego. So, traditionally, we had had our interview season later in the year, in the middle of winter, when you're physically (laughs) coming out to see us, showcasing Um, the best. (laughs) Even though virtual interviews are continuing again this year for everyone, we're still going to be doing that. So, don't be worried if you get an invitation a little bit later from some programs. It's just how they work.
3: Are you trying to say that Chicago and Ohio are not? destinations at the end of January that people want to fly in and out of.
1: (laughs) Only if your flight isn't delayed (laughs) or canceled. (laughs) All right. Well, kind of switching gears here. When you get that application in your hands, what wows you when you're reading these applications and what maybe is a detractor from your perspective?
2: There are specific things that wow me and wow, I think all of us when we're looking at an application It doesn't matter to me whether you were a D1 rower or a concert violinist. I want to see something in your life that mattered enough to you that you were dedicated to it and ended up putting so much effort and energy into it that you not only excelled, but you also took on leadership responsibility in it. That's what stands out to me as someone who's going to be a great emergency medicine doctor.
3: So, and that's one of the ones that I... Love and home, and it's. I love that holistic approach with it, and that there's not that one thing, and each file is going to have that different wow whether it's that leadership and D1 athlete, or violinist, or black belt, or Eagle Scout, but also someone who's overcome something in life. Sometimes you didn't have that opportunity to be able to dig into that hobby, but you're first generation overcoming. Obstacles to get where you are. It's easy to someone who has excelled has excelled, but sometimes the person who's worked really hard to get where they are, you can know that they're going to keep working hard throughout and that they're going to succeed. And I love seeing those in that file. So, like some applicants, it's going to be what Christy said, some it's going to be the other end. You're just looking for that one thing that'll stand out about you that shows your character.
1: Yeah, I'm looking for something that's going to sustain you for when you're not in the emergency department, for something that shows me that you have something on the outside that is driving you, moving you forward. I also really like to look at the activities and hobbies list for just to see what you're into because it kind of makes you a person rather than just an application.
3: I love the hobby section because it doesn't have to be something I love, it has to just show that you have something. But please be honest in the hobby section, because if you put something in there and then we show up on interview day and we start talking about it and it's not something that's just really awkward because we read the hobby section. We love that. It makes you that person. It shows that you are more than just the person who went to the library and studied really hard that you can actually interact with other people because interpersonal skills are so important.
2: Be honest when you're putting something down. That's true for the entire application, right? Be honest. Because your entire work's life has boiled down to this one application. And I don't mean to sound hyperbolous about that, but we're going to ask you about these things on your interview. And you're going to get asked a lot of the same exact questions over and over again. And there are things that are going to stand out that you're going to talk a lot about. So pick things that you're proud of, that you've worked hard at, be honest about them.
1: Anything else that is a red flag for you guys?
3: I mean, everyone's life is going to be a little different. Something in your like personal statement, like tons of spelling mistakes or grammar mistakes, or if you wrote a personalized letter about like a city or geography and then submitted it to somewhere else, and we're in Chicago, or you talked about something about a program in your letter, like you really liked the toxicology fellowship, and you're submitting to us who do not have a toxicology fellowship, then I'm sitting there wondering, so if you're going to be specific on something about a program, make sure that you've looked at our program.
2: Yeah. And that speaks to the application in general. You have several weeks to get all of this information in. You have plenty of time to ask other people to grammatically review and and content review your personal statement, make sure that your attention to detail is there. This is your first representation of you as a person to everyone else in the country that's looking for an emergency medicine resident who's going to have attention to detail when they're on their job too. If there is something about your application that is not a
1: strength, using your personal statement to explain that. Because I've seen applications that something happened, like you had a leave of absence or you didn't score so well on one of your steps, but It's never explained as to what happened. So using that personal statement strategically to either address a part of your application that might have not been a strength of yours or to use that to kind of play off something else that you would want us to know. So knowing what the strengths are of the program you're applying to and does that fit with where you envision your career and your residency taking you.
2: absolutely. That speaks to the fact that every program has some different strengths, right? For example, our program, we would want you to have some sort of research done in the past, whether it's an abstract that you presented or you put together, or if you have an RCT, man, we'll be impressed by that, right? But we want to see that you've delved into the research process enough to have a basic understanding of it so that when you come to our institution, and we have the resources to be able to make that happen, whether that's a research project or in the standard form or a QI project or a lot of medical education research that we do, a lot of those things are things that we want to make sure you have a basic understanding of and might be excited about it if you're coming to a place like ours that has the opportunities to make it happen.
3: I think that the other like thing that will stand out or red flag is one we haven't even touched on yet is going to be the slow.
2: Yes, we haven't even made it there. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful that we have SLOWs? Not of your specialty has this, and we really enjoy it. It's a good thing. So the standard letter of evaluation is used by every emergency medicine program and every emergency medicine doctor across the board. And ask specific questions about how good you are at being a team player and how great your medical knowledge is so that we can ask standardized things that are important for us to know. And not only that, but you are compared amongst all of your peers for everyone who's rotated at that institution. So it gives us a great bell curve look at where you sit in comparison to everyone else who's applying for emergency medicine. It's a nice way for us to be honest and for us to really understand students that have rotated at other places than just ours, because you only have a limited number of rotations that you can do in emergency medicine. Currently, it's your home and one away, or if you don't have a home institution that has an emergency program, then it's two aways. And that's it. That's all we expect from you. And we get to see from other places where you've rotated what they thought about on their slows.
1: So tell me what you guys are looking at on these slows.
2: So what I'm looking for in a slow is I'm looking for something that either is something that's standout positive. This person is the our favorite rotator that we've had for the entire year. Or I'm looking for something that stands out as being a well-worded red flag. And I say that as this person was competitive with their peers, meaning that you didn't really work well with the team and maybe you were trying to be a gunner and one-up everyone else in your class. That's going to stand out to me as being something that's not cool. So this speaks to how well you can do on your rotation. Be a team player, work really hard, let your personality shine through. All of those things are going to show up on your slope.
3: Yeah, we're looking for things that talk about your leadership talk about hardworking, if they included some anecdote, and the one that's just standing out this week for me is one of our graduates this year. We we flashed back to his slow and there was a discussion about how he had shown up five minutes early to shift, which was late for him. And in the middle of the shift, it was came up like he had asked one of the residents, like, where can you buy a tire? And then the story came out that He had one of his tires stolen from his car overnight and he wakes up and he sees that this tire is missing, troubleshoots how to do it, puts on the spare, they called the insurance company, all of that, still got to shift on time and didn't say a single word about it. There was no excuse, no fuss, no fuss. But three years later, now that he has graduated, like nothing could have defined him better as a no fuss, hardworking, no excuse resident. So when you connect with your letter writers, when you're being who you are, and please listen to the other um, EM over easy podcasts that have discussed how to succeed on shift and how to succeed like on your ways, because those things will show up in your slows and those will pop for us.
1: Looking for things like, improved tremendously within the 4 weeks of this rotation or was exceptionally kind and even low lying fruit like being on punctual being compassionate works well with nursing and with other ancillary staff those are all like very positive things to me and i think people forget how easy it is to do those things and we are looking at how well you interact with all the other different aspects of the emergency medicine team so making sure that you realize that we're always We've always got ears out for those shifts and that stuff will make it to your slows. I really like when there's a specific example of feedback that is given and then some sort of commentary about how that went after that feedback was given, because that tells me how you're going to be as a resident.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the thing is feedback is a part of our everyday life. It doesn't have to be, it can be construed as being something that's negative, but there's a reason why. Residency is an apprenticeship. Why medicine is an apprenticeship? You're learning on the job. And if we were not giving you ways in which you could improve, even if you're the best resident we've ever seen, then We're not doing our jobs. So please expect that there will be someone who's going to push you and many people who are going to push you to be better at what you're doing, because that's going to make you an even better doctor. Everyone has something to work on. Everyone has constructive feedback that they could receive. Even we do as attendings still. Come on. We're still learning. That's the best part about medicine. So don't be worried if someone is trying to get you to be better. That's exactly what we're here for.
3: I love seeing... Upward trajectory. I've been an advisor for several years. I've written the slows, and you get the student who struggled at the first week of the rotation and because of that only got a high pass, but at the end of the rotation was doing honors level work and that had that upward trajectory. Most letter writers are including that. They're putting that. And then you have your first rotation, and then you go on your second rotation, and I'll read those letters and see oh, these were things that were talked about in the first one and then here's that second letter, and then there was that growth in it. I absolutely love it. I will eat that up, showing that you were able to grow and improve. Because if you came in as a ready-made product, what's the point of me having a job? As Christy said, we are constantly learning. We are here to make you better.
1: What about the interview stands out to you? What might be a negative, I don't want to say negative, maybe something that doesn't go over well with everybody for an interview. Are there any tidbits that you would advise to our medical students?
2: Absolutely. So, in an interview, this is my chance to get to know you as a person. And what I'm looking for is I'm looking for somebody who has grit. And that speaks to either leadership responsibilities or upward trajectory, as we've talked about already. And I'm looking for someone who's kind and who is good at being a member of a team in emergency medicine. You know, you might have all noticed that the pandemic has been interesting in this last couple of years to emergency medicine. And- More so even now than ever before, we are a specialty that are looking for people who are willing to pivot and willing to take care of their own. And that's exactly what I want to see on an interview.
3: When we were in person, I would always give the advice, the second you leave your apartment or home or hotel, wherever you're at, to the second you get back, be on your game because you don't know who cut you off in traffic or in the parking lot. Fortunately, with virtuals, that won't be an issue, but want to be friendly to everyone. And then in emergency medicine, you're going to hear this over and over again. We even said it once, which is the 3 a.m. test. I'm on an overnight shift with you. And one, are you going to be reliable on that shift? Are you going to be able to, there's a disaster that happens and you're going to be confident and strong and someone who's going to be able to work with me on it? But even more importantly is on that 3 a.m. and it's slow, can I sit down and talk with you and have fun and have a good conversation? Even if the interests aren't the same, are you going to be able to be someone who we can converse with and connect with?
1: So approaching these interviews as a conversation rather than a rapid fire interrogation is going to make me definitely envision you at 3 a.m. about what we're going to talk about. So those are the interviews that I come away from feeling very good about because I'm like, well, we it almost didn't even feel like an interview. It sounds like we just had a conversation. And those are the ones that I feel like, okay, you would fit in. You would be able to make the night go a little faster if we could have this banter on shift as well. So I really like that when we have a back and forth rather than just like, I'll ask you a question you answer with minimal words that is not wrong, but then we're just kind of sitting in awkward silence in our Zoom room.
3: Along that, have some questions already prepared. And not just these are the standard questions I ask everyone at every interview. Show that you have thought about our program. And by no means do I want someone to look up my bio. If you do, and that's your style, go ahead. But I actually purposely will introduce my role within the residency at the beginning of every one of my interviews to take off that in case you didn't look into me. But read about the program, look about what might interest you or your questions or things you want to deeper in. Unless I'm your last interview in the day, Hopefully you have, still have some questions. If I'm the last one of your day, I understand if you've burned out every question.
1: But it could even be something like, what are your
2: hobbies? <laughs> and
1: what do you do for fun?
2: <laughs> Actually, that's my favorite go-to. And anybody who is listening to this podcast, if you use this on me, I will absolutely laugh out loud. But my favorite interview question, when everyone inevitably at the end of the day says, so what questions do you have for me? Ask them how they got to that position and how they got to fill in the blank place that they are in their career and in their life. Because everyone wants to tell you more about how they got to EM when they're excited about this specialty. So here's your trick, go ahead and use it. Just don't use it more than once on the same person.
1: That's right. And like Brian said, be kind to everyone. Like our program coordinators, they sit in on our debrief at the end of the day. They have a voice in the conversation too. Our nurses, they have input on how residents or medical students do on shift. So definitely be nice to everyone and it'll go a long way.
0: Well, thanks for listening all the way to the end of that Med Student Over Easy podcast. Don't forget, we are the official podcast of the American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians, or the ACOP for short. Head on over to acop.org today to learn more about this great organization and about the upcoming Scientific Assembly, where you can hear three live EM over easy shows from guests and your favorite hosts, as well as attend great lectures that are designed for both medical students, residents, and attending physicians. Until next time, thanks so much.